What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil! What do you wanna do with your life? Walk on home, boy! Yeah! What's up, Doritos? Welcome to another episode of Rank 'em All, the collaborative podcast where a couple dudes sit down and we rank them. We rank all the songs, which gives us the album ranks of some of our favorite bands and artists. Today, we are wrapping up Metallica into a nice little bow. We are hitting up with S&M 2, and of course, this is kind of the finale episode. We decided to, to, to hold off uh, some of the uh, like big reveals of like, because if you've been following along, you've been doing the math, you already know, but I mean, who does that when you're listening to a damn podcast, man? You guys are just chilling out, hanging out. This is us. We're going to be going over you know some of the info we got, and some of the stuff may even come back to surprise some of us, and we got some other cool stuff uh, to go along the way. Uh, but, but before we go any further, we got to go with introductions. I'm one of your rank masters, Brando. And of course, joining me as always is the Podfather, Nate Phillips. What, 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 how are you guys doing, man? We are here. We not only made it to the end of the Metallica discography for now, mm-hmm. for now is important for to now. say for now. Um, cause we will have a revisited, I'm sure at some point, which is going to be a very interesting, different kind of episode. I digress. The cool thing is we also made it to 2021. We started this project in the middle of 2020, the shit sandwich that it was. Mm-hmm. And here we are on the other side, guys. And we could not be doing this show if we didn't have another one of our amazing rank masters. You guys know him and love him. Brews with dudes, dungeons with dudes, everything doom room related. The super doom room world master, the one and only Nick Maxon, what's up, bro? That was the best intro I've ever had, <laughs> ever. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, it's good to be here. Yeah. Excited, uh, excited to be at the end of this journey. This journey we started. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a absolutely. It's been a great ride, and it's been... Um, it's been awesome to look back and actually sit down because I, I listened to the discography. I mean, I listed all the damn time when it comes up randomly and all that stuff. But to sit down and dive deep into it, it can change your perspective. It, it forces you to be critical. Of course, there's certain things that you're just privy, you know, that, like I, that I lean this way. I like this song, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not sure why. It just tickles me in ways that if my wife were to tickle me that way, I'd be having a very good night. However, there's <laughs> other songs where, you're, where I'm just like, you know what? When I was a kid, I thought this song was the shit, but... Man, I don't know. Right now, I'm just not feeling it. And uh, oh yeah, by the way, Dick's here, uh, one and only podcaster. <laughs> 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 hey guys! Oh, by the way, Dick's here under the bus. Whoa. Oh shit! No oh bus no! Don't oh, trick. Oh, it's too early. It's Damn! Too early. Damn! That was a Freudian slip. I didn't mean to throw that one out there. Oh, man. Uh, better intro than the one I got. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was pretty good. Yeah, no, like the four of us started this track. It was a cool idea that started, honestly, a year ago. This whole idea started when we first came up with the concept of listening to Lulu while Damn. being in an elevated state. And we did that. You can go back in the archives on journeyintocomics.com. And find high time we listen to this. Should Lulu. be in the um, 
the specials section mm-hmm. or like a uh, feature. I don't remember what the fuck it's called, but yeah, it's in its own category. Easy, easy to find. It was about a year ago. It was like a Christmas special that we did, and it, and it was the four of us, and we sat down. None of us had ever sat down level-headed and listened to the entire album. Like, we've heard The View and, and maybe another one. But that was it. And so that was a journey. We decided not to rank that thing because none of us want to re-listen to it. No. Um, at one point, I think we fell into a time loop, which honestly may have resulted in us having the year that we had. I think it was all our fault. Uh, we, we, we were... And uh, now that you say something. <laughs> because it just felt like we were trapped in the song and couldn't get out of it. It was just... It felt like dead. It felt like multiple days went by. I know. <laughs> God. But um, no, that was the genesis because uh, you know, I said that that would be really cool. Like, because uh, it was actually Dick's idea. Hey, I, I want to like, you know, li- listen to some stuff, and he wanted to do Master of Puppets. So I'm like, well, like he wants to like, yeah. revisit it and maybe like you know review it. And I'm like, well, how cool would it be if you did like a whole band discography? Because every once in a while, when I have nothing to listen to, I'll pick a band. Whether uh, I've done it with Disturbed, I've done it with Metallica and Megadeth, I've done it with uh, with Ozzy, uh, where you just you start the very beginning and you just roll. You don't hit back. You don't hit, you don't listen to a song again. You just roll right through because you get to hear songs you never heard. You get to hear um, you know songs you may have forgotten, and you also get to hear the growth, the growth of them as a band, them as an artist, and. In everything, uh, that kind of comes with that good or bad because you might have a, a good or bad album track or ideas or whatever. Bands take risks sometimes, and sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I haven't done it with ACDC, which would be really interesting because they have a a uh, sort of track record of kind of sounding the same. However, if you go to like songs from Ballbreaker, it doesn't sound the same. It sounds different. And Ballbreaker was produced by Rick Rubin. And it, it has a little bit of a different flavor to it. And it, it didn't really work for them, so they kind of went back to the other. Uh, but it's it's interesting. And Was um, it over-compressed and, like, super loud and blew out speakers? <laughs> I don't think so. Let's, let's check the waveform of Ball Breaker. Um, I don't want to right now. Anyway, uh, today, guys, we're going to be looking at some S&M 2. Of course, that is the most recent release from the band, um, we actually did do an unboxing, but just for shits and giggles here, I did bring my box. I got the box right here. That's a sexy box. It is. An, it, it, it's, oh it's, yeah. It's really nice, and uh, uh, th- I believe this was like 115 bucks on Amazon. And so you get the little CD and like a little digi pack. Very, very, very simple with that. But one thing that I thought was cool, they include some printed uh, sheet music. For for the all within my hands thing, uh, for the version that they do for that song, and I uh, know Nate, I think you cracked these open in your unboxing, but there are picks. Yeah, they're really cool. And then a big ass poster, which I'm not going to undo here. I don't have that much room. This was really neat. A sort of big picture Ooh. book, and Brandon, whatnot. I can only get so erect. Well, prepare to get more erect. <laughs> Um, I don't have the Blu-ray in here, guys. So uh, that that's out there with my other Muzak stuff that's in the uh, Entertainment Center, along with my cunning stunts and whatnot. But this is the vinyl, and it is a thick boy. Mm. 
Oh, that's awesome. It felt like an explosion. Yeah, right? But one thing that I really liked about this set, of course, the, the color scheme is kind of like a kind of like an orange, uh, like the cello exploding on the on the thing. It's kind of like a half and half here. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool set for 115 bucks to get everything that's included, the CD, vinyl, and Blu-ray. Um, I was going to buy the album anyway. I wanted the vinyl anyway. I think the vinyl by itself was close to like, I don't know, fifty bucks. Seventy. Yeah. So if you're already spending seventy bucks on the vinyl, might as well go double. Why not? Well, well, no, it is one hundred and fifteen, not one hundred and fifty. Oh, oh, sorry, I misheard. Uh, so like, it was only like, like, like thirty, forty bucks more just to get everything. So like, I couldn't say no to that, and I, and I and I also couldn't have been happy to see this show up in the mail. Oddly enough, this is the first Metallica album in some form to be played on PBS. Uh, yeah, a few months ago, back in November, they had a special where I think it was like an hour and a half long special where they played some songs. It wasn't the whole concert because the whole concert's like two, two and a half hours. But it was kind of neat. Like, I'm like, I'm now like, are they now old? Are they now classic rock? Or, or, or have they gone oldies? I'm not sure. But it was really neat. Uh, I tuned in just to see, you know, hey, be a part of history. But that was the S&M 2 uh, um, album collection box set there now for the songs guys what they did is that they decided to take like 10 songs that were done on the original to pay tribute to michael Kamen who passed away and to honor that original set and then they decided to pick songs that came out after that uh so all the songs that were added were all done after uh and they could have you some of the songs on here like left me scratching my head a little bit as to why they did it but especially when you could have put other songs into like from other prior in their, in their discography. If you go check out the YouTuber, Ben Zimmerman, he has been doing, uh, and taking live tracks of Metallica that are, which are easily available because Metallica makes all their shit available. Oh yeah. Uh, for live stuff. And he's been arranging different songs from the, that haven't been done yet. Songs like Creeping Death, like Welcome Home Sanitarium, like Frantic, like Fight, yeah, like Fight Fire with Fire, like To Live Is To Die, like Orion, The Unforgiven, and Fade to Black. And I don't know if you guys can hear, but apparently my my, my youngest one's not too happy that these songs have not been included, um, <laughs> yeah, so far in in the, in the set. Hey, it, it's really a, a fucking. A dagger in the heart that they haven't done that. Well, and what I hope is that you know it, it took them twenty years to to kind of come back to the concept. They never had, they, they didn't have to do this again because typically when you have like a gimmick like this, it's done once and it was like, hey, that was fun. But they decided to revisit the concept, and it's cool because some of the songs they did choose are badass versions of the song, and they even decided to mess with the um, formula a bit with a couple of the songs and not do them in just the traditional what they had done before uh and and we'll definitely get to that here but we're just going to dive right into this and kind of get into it because some of these songs we've heard before some of the songs we've ranked before uh so we're going to get through it if you have anything to say uh go ahead and say it and just give me a rank if if you listen to it uh if if you want to just say same as last time that's cool too but they opened up with the symphony playing ecstasy of gold okay cool that that's awesome as always you're always going to get a big pop for me out of that 
Then they started it off once again with the Call of Cthulhu, bringing that back out of the out of the out of the woodwork, dusting that baby off. Now you could have picked To Live Is to Die or Orion or something like that, but they they decided to bring this back because if you go back to our original S and M, we all ranked this high as shit. Whereas the original won an award. Yeah, yeah. I believe Call of Cthulhu won Best Metal Performance for S&M or whatever, Grammy or whatever. But on the original album, we all liked it, and we all ranked it pretty high. But the S&M version just took it overload for us. We were like, yeah, no, it's it, it inches it maybe a little bit higher. And so I was wondering if you guys felt the same, and we'll go ahead and start with Nick on that. Um, I don't... I remember it being pretty much as good as the last time. It didn't it didn't blow me out of the water even further. Yeah. I've already been blown out of the water by this song two times now. Yeah. Um so yeah, I would probably say it's about the same. Um maybe maybe it, maybe I don't even like it as much as. Um, but but I don't know, because I remember the solo fucking just shrieking. It's so yeah. good. So Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's still just, it's fucking amazing. It's still one of the best. All right, so I'll just put you down for the same rank. Um, and Dick, you got anything to say about it? Same. Samesies? All right. Samesies for you. So, Nick, you rated it uh, on the S&M a 9.25, and Blaine, you ranked it a 9. How about you, Nate? <clears throat> so I, did, I, do, I do have a little bit of notes for all the songs because I okay. tried to pick out – not like multiple lines of text, just like one phrase of things that each song – gave me tell and, me how angular is this album <laughs> well i don't know we're not gonna talk about angles today dick we're gonna talk about something a little bit different because for me call of cthulhu in this version specifically and this is one of the few times you'll actually hear me say this for snm2 in my opinion this performance is better because of one instrument everything else is mostly the same like the guys have said it all is the same z's but again but this time I was listening through my phone and headphones, not the Zoom device this time, because I don't have it on the Zoom yet, you guys. It's too oh, new. It's, it's too, too new. Good. Okay. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> train of thought here. Um, the xylophones in Call of Cthulhu on this version are amazing. They do some runs in the middle of, like, the song itself that are so incredibly done, especially as someone who that was one of the first instruments I learned. It's very technical shit they're pulling off here, and I, I loved it. So I, I actually, I bumped this to a 10 for me. Awesome. Uh, in the other version, I gave it a 9.75. So, yeah. Awesome. And uh, also, I will be posting all the scores that we've had individually. Uh, of course, if you by the time you're hearing this, you all know this. But uh, and Nick, I remember you said that you wanted to have copies of everything as well, and I'll, and I'll give that to you. I gave it a ten as well because it was the same as before. What's different is on the original one, they follow it up with Master of Puppets. They hit you with another long, fast epic, and this time they don't. They switch it up with For Whom the Bell Tolls, which still works. It's from the same album, Ride the Lightning, and I just have got to say. I have probably heard this version now more than the original or the original S&M because when my son, my oldest son, he's like five and a half now, anytime he wants to listen to Metallica, this is where he wants to start. From the Bell Tolls, from S&M to exact. He wants this version. I don't know why. Because then, like a few songs in, he goes, okay, I want the studio version. All right. 
But here's here, but here's the deal. Uh, sometimes if I throw something weird at him, like a B side from Load, or from even from Justice, he's like, "How long is this, Dad?" Like, oh, I mean, we still got like six minutes. <laughs> oh, that's long. Well, so like, so like with him being so young and him just kind of getting into the band, I suffer through it because it's like, you know, I I'm enjoying that he's into it, but honestly, it it to again, this is kind of the same. It's got good energy. And uh, the, on the video, this is one of the this is one of the ones they released as a single. I think Nate was. Um, yes, it was the first of the singles. Okay. Oh no, all within my hands was the fir- no the same day, right? No, the same day was nothing else matters and all within my hands. And then they did later release from the Bell Tolls right before the Blu-ray came out. Yeah, and they did like a whole bunch of different uh, camera angles, and they put multiple angles on the same screen. It was really neat. But uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and start with Nate this time. What'd you think, bud? For whom the bell tolls, I uh, I consistently kept it at a 10 from the last time. I thought it was just as good as the last performance. Okay, awesome. And uh, Dick? I thought it was the same as well. Uh, I I mostly uh, tried to hone in and focus on the, the newer songs and right. some of my favorites from the previous S&M, see if anything changed. Um, this was not – I mean, it's, it's a favorite song, of course, I and mean, it's an epic song, but it's like – it doesn't stand out to me in terms of like against like no leaf clover in terms of performance. So yeah, I'm just going to leave it the same. All right. And you, Nick, but, but the same. I, and dad, no, uh, was right. it worse? It wasn't worse. <laughs> All right. All right. So then, but the next song is brand new to the S and M world. The day that never comes from death magnetic. Uh, this song ranked pretty high for us. A damn near perfect score. Wink, wink. A little bit spoiler for maybe a little bit later. Really high for us. Day That Never Comes. They started off with the symphony playing the intro completely. Which is kind of cool and and it kind of gives you vibes of what they did with No Leaf Clover and Minus Human back on the original. Then the band comes in. I, I love this song originally. To hear this song get picked, I think it's, I think it's an awesome song for this vibe. And uh, yeah, I think it's awesome. I gave it, I gave it the almost same score as I gave the as I gave the original song. I gave it a ten. So we'll start with Dick this time. I know you love this song, Dick. Oh What'd yeah, this is easily one of my all time favorite Metallica songs. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a, like a, a nine because uh, it's still really good. But um, given that this is a this is more performance than show, yeah, uh, you got a lot more raw. Uh, like oh, everything's raw everything's right there in the moment and james's voice is kind of really raspy and given out giving out at times throughout this concert or the next day's concert whichever one they decided to use for the album um so like you, you hear his voice kind of give out here and there but overall excellent all right and nick uh i thought it was still awesome um probably not as good as the original okay uh I like the original more, so I'd, I'd, I think I gave it a 10 Yeah, or close to it, so I'd probably get like a 9.75. Like, it's right. still good, but yeah. it, uh, it didn't tug at my heart quite like the studio version did. All right, Nate. Now, you and I you and I saw this concert in theaters when it first came out. Yeah. We got to share this experience together. We didn't know the set list, so the fact that they switched it up with Humi, and then after this, I mean, both you and me popped when they when they started the intro. 
Absolutely. And so, uh, what do you got to say about their this version of Day? Honestly, I rank it the exact same as the album version. Okay. And I do that mainly because the orchestra does sit back for a majority. Like, it accents nicely when we need it to. But, and this is what I have in the, in the notes, vocally, I think James slays it in a majority of the song. There are parts where he's weak. Also, I think the orchestra hits that are happening during the solo are so fucking good. There's a certain way that it lands in the in the pocket with those hits that just blows me away. But yes, I think the song is uh is really great. All right. And so that for your rank that would be a 9.25. The next song was The Memory Remains, which is also on the original, but I got to say for whatever reason when I first heard this you know, I like it on the original, uh, it, you know, and it's pretty awesome. But the energy here on this one is higher. Yeah, I agree. And it's so weird that this is the song where where you could have had any song like "Creeping Death" or or anything like that, where you could like, get the the fist pumping and the crowd singing along. They instead d- don't go as hardcore with it, and they kind of dial it back into that load era, and they get people vibing. And instead of headbanging, they're vibing and they're singing along. They're doing the old lady singing. And so I ranked it a little bit higher. I ranked the original on SNM an 8. I gave this an 8.75. Uh, I'll shoot it over to, to Nick first. What would you think about this version? Was it better than the original on SNM? Or I think I like it more than the original SNMs. Um, yeah, like you said, like I remember, I, I like the, the energy of this one. This is the one that they came out like, let's see. What did they say? But it, like, uh, let's show them how loud you can be or something. Yeah. Show the symphony how loud you can get. So interesting. Nick, on the original. Flex, but still good. Still on the, awesome. On the original SM, you ranked it a 9.25. I, I liked it. I liked it quite a lot. So, so are you going to give it a higher rank here? Or? Let's do 9.5. Let's, let's, let's bump it up. Let's bump, bump it up just, up just a little bit. How about you, Dick? Oh, I, I love this version a lot more than the original because again like you both have said and probably nate is going to say as well the energy is just there and just hearing the crowd at the end of the song just keep going and going Mm -hmm. and going and just lars just drumming along with it and um kirk going in the background and just everything is just lining up so perfectly just to keep that crowd involved and continuing that chant and it's just it's just beautiful so I don't know. I don't remember what my original. Rank I just was, I just but... took a picture of the entire rank for the original S and M and sent it as a picture to you guys once it loads in. Uh, you gave the original on Memory Remains an eight point five. Eight point five. Let's bump it up to a nine five. Nine five. Bump wow. it. Boom. Bump it. How about you, Nate? Are you going bump it? I can't bump it because I was bumped to the top on this song. I already gave it a fucking 10. You won't give me the 11. I won't. You won't just let us fucking spinal tap this shit and just bump it up a little extra, which we're going to have a real argument about later with another song on this album because by force it deserves a much higher score than 10. But I digress. Four memory remains. I thought the crowd killed it. You guys said everything I was going to possibly say. It's still a 10. All right. The next song. Confusion from Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Uh, I mentioned uh, on, on the last episode 
that every time that I go to listen to this song, I always think I don't like it, but by the end of it, I'm always like at least bobbing my head and singing along with the chorus. And yeah. When I really noticed that, honestly, was when I heard this version because I think we took a drive. We were all in the car somewhere, and 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 my boy wanted to listen to From the Bell Tolls, and I didn't put it on random. I just we're listening to S and M too. That's what we're doing. We're just gonna listen to the whole thing. So it went to Memory Remains, you know, Day and Memory Remains after that, and then Confusion. I'm like, oh, I forgot Confusion was on here. Man, why they picked this song? And by the end of it, I was like, you know what? It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It, it, it's cool. I, I, again, uh, just to reiterate my, what I said before, I, I like the subject matter. It's not the best song in the world by far, but I, they could have picked another song here, and I wouldn't have been upset. But to rank this song, I gave it the same rank as I did the album. It's an eight. It did. I, I don't think the, the symphony improves it any, um, unfortunately. Uh, so the, on that front, I'll pass it over to Dick. What'd you think? Uh, I like to echo that sentiment of, yeah, I would have much rather had anything else. Off. I mean, I mean, just <laughs> if, if you, okay, not anything. <laughs> uh, if we were to even even if we were just gonna stay in the realm of Hardwired, keep another put another song from Hardwired, mm-hmm. put Atlas Arise in there or Atlas Rise. Sorry, um, or. Atlas, let's see, Atlas Rise. They did Moth into Flame. Spoiler. Ah. Uh, Spit out the bone. A huge hit off that album. Throw Spit out the bone in, in, instead of Confusion. But I mean, for what it is, you know, it's it's not bad. No, no, it's not bad, and it, it's there. It's not bad. <laughs> bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're drinking. If you you got two drinks on that one. Oh, damn it. <laughs> All right. He did it. All right, so what'd you give this one as a rank? Um, Do you think it's better than the than, than the album version, or is it about the same? Or I, I'm gonna go ahead and throw a samezy because. All right, so you you gave it a six and a half on the album. And... Let's just yeah, same. All right, what about you, Nate? Okay, so let's uh, let's oh, bring here, up the notes here because I actually got something here. Yeah, I think the timpani hits with Lars in the intro is fucking awesome. I also think that the symphony, honestly, in this song adds so much depth. It almost is a situation where you know how we had um, Minus Human and we had No Leaf Clover that were exclusive to SM One. Mm-hmm. This song, Confusion, almost could have been taken off Hardwire and just become an exclusive song to SM Two, and it would have punched even harder for people. Uh, because I think it's just, it's so well done with the symphony. It just adds such a depth, um, makes me really love the version. And I actually bumped it up to a 9.5. Wow. Wow. Yes. I really, really like that version. I think the symphony does it for me. It's not necessarily about the song itself. Cause I even ranked the song like an 8.5 or so. Uh, you gave it, a, you gave it a 7.5. 7.5. Yeah. yeah. So, so it I went bumped up, it up quite it a went bit. Up two whole bumps. For you. Rank up, folks. Nick is taken back. Giant bumps, man. Giant bumps. What about you, Nick? What do you got? I've got nothing to say about nothing, it. Nothing. Nothing to say. I, I I like the I like I liked it with the symphony added, but you know it wasn't one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Um, off the album anyway, so it was okay. Something. I mean, the symphony doesn't. I don't think I'll say for any single song that it detracts. Um. Yeah. yeah never a bad thing but uh it doesn't it, it you know there's no fade to black mm-hmm. on this so 
No fade to black, but there is confusion. I've got confusion about that choice. That's what I'm saying. Hey, nice. Ah. So you're just going to slap the same rank as the album? Matt. Slap it on there. All right. So you gave it a 5.25. Then we have Moth into Flame, another uh, track from Hardwired. And it's a track that I really dig off of Hardwired. It, it gives me, uh, we've already said before, it gives us kind of like that weird Justice vibes or mix between Justice. It's like halfway point, Justice and Black Album kind of feel uh, with some really cool like uh, Four Horsemen vibe to it a little bit. But after seeing this song live, uh, in person, it made me like the song even more than what I liked it before. And I think they kill it here as well. And so I, I gave this song a fucking 10. I don't care. I think it's badass. I think it rips. And uh, that's where I stand. Care. That's it. Dude. I don't care. Yeah. Well, and, and see, uh, when, when I was ranking. When I was ranking the album, I specifically had. I don't, can you guys hear that? Just a little bit. Oh, man. Blew you away. I miss. Are you going to give him a 10? I miss miss podcasting in the back, guys. I miss podcasting (laughs) in the back. I'm just uh, sorry, guys. I got kids. I got kids. I got a five year old. He got kids. And I got a five year old and a one year old. And my five year old decides to throw epic tantrums. They will. And so. I got a nine year old. All right. so. So if you hear screaming in the background, please note we're not torturing him. We're not hurting him. Well, we know you aren't. No, no, I know. Yeah, I'm, you got a great alibi. You're on video. Yeah, I'm on video. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't doing nothing. Uh, anyways, no, I, 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 I dig this version of Moth into Flame. When I was ranking the album version, I, it was a struggle because I, I wanted to give it a ten there, but I felt like it was the live version that sold me on the song, other than like more so than than, than the original. So therefore, I'm gonna pass it over to Nick. Uh, I really like the original. I really like this one. Uh, I'm gonna give it a little less than the original, though. Okay. Um, just a little, just a, a, a quarter, a point two fiver. No, so you're gonna um, slap an eight on there? Just slap an eight on there. Um, it was good though. It was really good. I really liked it. I thought I thought the symphony added to it. Um, but just I like the original. I like the. I don't know. It's tight. It's really it's tight. tight. Um, see, yeah, like. I actually, I, 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 I do agree with you, but I also think that if you're going to pick songs post S and M to put on here, like this one almost has to be on there. Like from that, you know, like same with day that never comes for the, if they wouldn't have done day that never comes, oh, yeah. it would have sure. been a travesty. Like it, it would have been like, like I would have been even more confused than when they put confusion. It, so. it would have been about as confusing as not putting fade to black on there. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. What about you, Nate? I'll go to Nate next. Moth into Flame, the brass section is brilliantly executed. Also, flutes. You guys, the flutes are killer in this song. I don't know how to express that to you. I loved them. I gave the song a 10, which is only a, uh, let's see, a 0.75 improvement Mm -hmm. from. But again, I think the symphony adds to every song for the most part. What about you, Dick? Um, I, I love the original. Mm-hmm. I love this version. Uh, I, I, I view them very differently cause I get very different feelings from both versions. I mean, the original, it's just 
kick-ass song. This one, it feels more fun to me. Like, I'm bobbing around more with it. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. If if if, if I were uh, Mr. Tyler McLaughlin, you You'd know. You'd be bopping along. Be bopping along down the sidewalk with my AirPods in, not my Zoom. And I just. You could probably connect some AirPods to his if you tried hard enough. Oh, shit. Are, yeah, are you can. Bluetooth? Is Zoom Bluetooth? I think so. I think it does have Bluetooth nice. capability. Did, yeah. did have they invented Bluetooth back then? Way back. Yeah, they also it also had a fucking radio in it. On when the Zoom came out, it's like this has got Bluetooth, and you're like, oh. now you can get Bluetooth on your fridge. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> um. So I I would like to actually score this differently. I don't remember what my original <laughs> score for Moth and the Flame is, but it doesn't matter because to me this version is just despite being the same it's different mm-hmm. if you get what i'm saying yeah it gives me a different feeling so i'm gonna score it differently um i don't like it as as much as the original okay so i'm just gonna go with an eight and a half all right there we go the next song is the outlaw torn it was on the original and when i first heard it in the theater i was a little disappointed that they went with outlaw torn not because i don't like the song but because i know how long the song is and <laughs> and it, it's just sitting there in the theater. The theater we were in was in Wabash Landing. It's not the most comfortable seats. If we were in Eastside Nine, I wouldn't. Or Eastside Ten, I wouldn't care. I would have been reclined back, been having a good old time. Uh, but no, watching it reminded me how much I love the song. Like Outlaw Torn is their big epic of the load eras, and, and I know we've said that here before. But that's just kind of my take on it. Like they 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 dusted that thing off once again, just like Call of Cthulhu, one of those big long songs they haven't played in probably since S and M one. And they're like, hey, we're gonna dust this thing back off, man. You know, we're gonna go down that long and lonely road of the outlaw torn. And I love it, dude. I I, I gave this song a ten as well. It, it's awesome. And I'll shoot it over to Nate. Oh yeah, uh, outlaw torn. Awesome. I loved it. The orchestration has been improved. Don't know how I can say it any other way. I gave the song a 10 on s I'm just going to be honest. If I could right now, this would get a 10.50. That is technically my rank. I know you can't give me a 10.50, but give me a 10 again, damn it, because right. I love this fucking version. I think it kills. It's, it's one of my favorite tunes. 10 plus. Yep. Remastered HD edition. <laughs> Remastered. What about you, Nick? Um, I liked it about the same. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot, whole lot to add to it. All right. And you gave the original. Where are we at here? Where are we at? You gave it a six. You gave it a six. You didn't like this song. Not a lot. No, it's not, not four. Narrative. It's not a four. It's not a no. It's not a no. It's not a no. It's nowhere near a no. All right. What about you, Dick? Is it a no? So, I no. It's not a no. Um. So, w- when listening to this, I had to listen through Apple Music, which required signal or Wi-Fi at all times. Hmm. Um. And for some reason, every time I went like it, this was next in line. It would get skipped because I didn't have enough signal, and it would just load the next song that did have signal i guess or that was work? loaded i don't know i don't know because apple music 
when you don't have signal, it'll skip songs. Like, cause I remember I was like listening to this CD and all of a sudden it's, uh, uh, wherever I may roam just out of the blue, I skipped all like half the album. I'm like, what is going on here? But the few times I did get to listen to outlaw torn, um, I, it, it just didn't hold the same feeling that the original had for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm going to have to go with a little bit lower. I gave it a nine. Uh, I'm going to, let's go with a seven and a half. All right. The next song, No Leaf Clover, was from the debuted and exclusive to the original S&M. They busted it back out here as a bring forward, just like Outlaw Torn and some of these other songs. But I got to be honest with you guys. I don't think this hits as much, and I know there's a reason why. And that's because on the original S&M, this is one of the few songs that actually went back and they touched up in the studio. So, like, it's got the symphony, it's live, but they went and they tweaked. And they tweaked his vocals, they tweaked the performance of it to make it more polished. Because this was going to be a single, and they wanted it to be able... Because live, there's stuff that goes wrong. There's stuff in there, here and there. But this one, this S&M 2, is more about performance. It was more about the live aspect. And I think that the flaws of the song kind of like show through just a little bit. I don't get the same feeling as much. I still think the song kicks. So don't get me wrong. I'm just giving a little bit of criticism because I gave the song a 10 last time. And I'm just docking it to 9.5. So uh, Nick, we'll start with you. I'm going to shoot mine down a whole point. Um, I don't I don't know. It's just something in my brain. Just I, I, I guess I've listened to the other version so much. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the original. And this just... It, it couldn't overcome it. Still great, but yeah, you're probably right. The fact that they didn't spend as much time tweaking it, like, I like the tweaked version. What about you, Dick? Uh, so, last time, this was a unanimous 10. Yes. Um, I feel like this is going to be unanimously not a 10 this time. Because, uh, I mean, obviously, you guys have already scored it. But, uh, <laughs> again, it just... Shut up, guys. <laughs> You're not supposed to play the drinking game with the audience, Dick. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just not all there. Considering it's like 100% performance, uh, James James's voice going out here and there. Uh, it, it's, it's not like a full go out. It's just rasp where it's, it shouldn't be. <laughs> the rasp that should not be. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this an eight. Okay. And Nate. All right. So we're going to unanimously decide that this is getting docked in points. That's what we're all agreeing on here because it is getting docked in points for me. And here's my big complaint. Vocal melody in the chorus sucks a fat one. It is not good when he tries to be be. It's so terrible, dude. It's like he's squeaking it out. And in the original version, he goes low in that note. Stick in your pocket, dude, and just stick with what you're good at. If he would have done that, it would have made the song for me because it would have had touches of the original while still being a true performance. But when he tweaked his voice in that way to try to make it a different sound. Does he do that in every single chorus or just the final chorus? Every chorus. Okay. And that's what bothers me. In the final chorus. Mm-hmm. that's where it was in the original uh but this is only getting a nine for me because that's that's the big my big takeaway is that it, that vocal thing bothers oh, me nine. 
So the next song is the closing of the first set uh, in disc one, I guess, of the CD or, or however you're listening to. And they closed with Halo on Fire. Last time they closed with Bleeding Me. Halo on Fire was from Hardware to Self-Destruct. That was the the last song on the first disc of Hardwired. And we gushed pretty good about that song on Hardwired. And uh, my same sentiments carry forward here. I think it fits very well with the symphony. I like the energy of it. Um, um, the stuff that we said on the other episodes still holds valid here. And I do agree that you know it's not the best writing uh, lyrically from James. But it's it's just I don't know this song has this song has energy <laughs> and and I really like that it's got a different flow <laughs> the end of the song as I I believe I said on the last episode was like the anti fade to black where instead of feeling like ending with a jam on dread it's like a jam on hope or whatever it's a little bit more joyful it's and it's weird to say in metal that joyful sounds cool um, but on the rare occasion when you hear a band that normally plays in minor keys putting something in a major key and making it still sound badass. That's a hell of a feat for me for, you know, for metal. So I gave this song a 10, just like on the original album. And we're going to shoot it over to Dick first. I liked it. Uh, again, James really sounds like he's pushing on this in, in parts of this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say anything more about it. We gushed about it on yep. hardwired. So, I'm going to give it a nine. All right. And Nate. Okay. So this is getting docked big O time for me. And it's not Metallica's fault. It's somebody in the symphony's fault. I am really paying close attention when I'm listening. And this is one of those songs that when I heard it with Brando the first time, I don't think I caught it. Once the Blu-ray and everything came out and I was listening to it, once I heard the fuck up, I can't not hear it. And now it drives me utterly bonkers. So chorus, turn off the lights. Da, 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 da. That's the pattern, right? And that should be what the horn does. The horn is supposed to follow the crowd. But for some reason, the horn waits until after the crowd is starting singing and then just goes, but and it sounds really shit ass. It doesn't. It doesn't work. It sounds bad. I hear that. I need to if hear that. Go listen to it. It will bother your ears because I it's hate. I'm doing follow. a follow. I know, but when you can. <laughs> and he doesn't do it just once. He does it twice, which really is what really just drives me. How unprofessional. It is, man. I mean, listen, just listen to how the band does the song because the crowd is in the pocket with what they're doing musically. And all you had to do is just follow them and it would have been perfect. And he delays thinking he has to wait for the crowd to respond. And they're on top of the song. And it's very noticeable. It bothered me greatly. I'm only giving this song a nine now. And I gave it a nine five in the original. So considering that this song... Uh, that all these arrangements are done by the conductors and that they are basically playing what the sheet of paper in front of them. So that dude isn't, he's not waiting to play until he hears the crowd. He's waiting to play until the spot on the paper says you play here. Um, well, it's a shitty decision. regardless. <laughs> no, However, no. That decision I, was made. It's a bad decision. I'm just saying like, F we're plus like, don't blame the dude that's sitting there with the horn going da 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 da. Cause he's going to hear this episode and go, guys, I played what they told me to play. He's gonna hear this. He will. That's true. I'm he sorry, might. horn guy. You know, Michael, <laughs> Michael Damon wouldn't have made that decision. He might. Oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, Maestro Michael, man, I love Michael Kamen. Anyway, Nick, on to you. Halo on fire. Same. I ain't got nothing. Got nothing. I ain't good, but 
It's about the same zero for me. All right, I'll slap a seven five on there. The next two songs on this on the start the next one. This is where they deviate. Uh, the first Brando. half. What? I was gonna say we're at intermission, and I had a thought. What? Oh, do you want to do some of the some of the numbers that we missed? Because you know we did this thing starting at load. And I can quickly go through it. I've already got all the numbers, so I can oh, just... Oh, that's right. We were going to wow. do that. We were going to go back to kill them all. I forgot about that. Thank you so much for, for reminding me of that, because I was just going to yes. power on through to get done with this. So here at Intermission, guys, we're going to go through. You guys can go. Um, Nick and Dick, if you need to go and, and, and take a leak, get another drink, by all means go, because we're going to go back to kill them all through the Black Album. And we're going to go and tell really quickly how many times each song has been played, because we did not... Dick, what are you holding up? It's invisible. You're drinking invisible oh shit. Damn it. <laughs> I figured it'd be cool to like throw the podcast fee logo like oh. right in front of my camera while I'm empty and not here. Oh, okay. There you go. It's, while we, I'm emptying the tank. We can see it. Go. You're so gross. I'm well, sorry. It really do be like that, though. Okay. Nate, hit, hit us up. Kill them all. Let's get it going. Let's go. Ten in a row. Here we go. Hit the lights has been performed 221 times. Four horsemen. <laughs> has been performed 547 times. There's a number on here that blew my mind when I saw it, by the way. Motor Breath has been performed 313 times. Jump in the Fire, Damn. only That's 91 times. Oh, Jump in the Fire is a bit low. Uh, uh, I, I do remember, I'm going to interject here really quick on that. Sure. I remember hearing uh, in their interview with Kirk, and they're like, what song do you really like playing on this tour? He goes, actually, we brought back Jump in the Fire, and we changed the key to F or, or G or whatever, and it's really cool, and I like it. And I'm like... That's that's such a musician thing to say, Kirk. Anyway, carry it, on. It definitely is. All right. To anesthesia, pulling teeth, 125 live performances. We've got Whiplash at 892. God. Phantom Lord. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, that's not the shocking number, though. Uh, Phantom Lord at 157. No Remorse at 231. Seek and Destroy. 1,573 live performances. Metal Militia, 86. 86. And that wraps it for Kill Em All. We'll move on to Ride the Lightning now. Again, going track order. Only eight boys on this one, so a little bit easier to blow through. We got Fight Fire with Fire that's been performed 336 times. Ride the Lightning, one calendar year worth of performances at 365. For Whom the Bell Tolls. Time marches on. They need to get one more performance to get it away from a very, very dirty number that is currently sitting at 1488. For those of you history buffs and know anything about World War II, you'll totally go, oh, yikes, that's fucked up. Uh, Fade to Black, 1177. We've got Trapped Under Ice at 21 live performances. Oh, robot time. Wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, Trapped Under Ice, how many times? 21. 22 should have been the, the Antarctica show. I 100% agree. Escape. Once. Once. <laughs> once. <laughs> Just once. James it's didn't the even want to. James didn't even want to play it the 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 one time they played it. He tried to get out of it. Anyway. Creeping Death 1527 and Call of Cthulhu with 84 performances live. All right, on to Master of Puppets. Swiftly, we got Battery at 943. Master of Puppets, which I think is the record for most performances uh, by uh, for a song by Metallica at 1,647. Jeez. So it's like pretty much every, every show since they did uh, uh, 
master puppets, I would think. They we'll probably see, have played it. And remember, during the load era, they didn't play the full song, and it still constituted as a play. They, they would play it until, like, the middle part, and then they would go into something else. That is true. Uh, we got the thing that should not be at 265 live performances, Sanitarium at 962 performances. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's awesome. It deserves got- it. It's so wonderful. It totally is. It's such it's such a great track on this album. We've got 158 live performances for Disposable Heroes. Leper Messiah coming in at 118. Shockingly, Orion with 68 live performances. A little bit higher than even I expected. That's bad. Uh, it is. It should yeah. be higher. Uh, yeah. Uh, Damage Inc. at 291. And we are only two albums away from catching up because we started at load. Mm-hmm. So we're almost there. Here we Justice. go. Justice for all. We've got Blackened at 496 and Justice for All at 257. Long boy. I have the Yeah. I have the Beholder at 125. One at 1498. Whoa. Good. Whoa. Shortest straw at 98. Harvester of Sorrow at 779. Freight ends of sanity. 12. Uh, we've got To Live Is To Die once. They played oh. it for their 30th. Yeah. Yep. At the Fillmore. Uh, Dyer- yeah. Dyer's Eve at 35. We are officially at the Black Album, folks, and we are down to the last 12 songs that we haven't talked about live performance totals. Then we can get back on track here. Enter Sandman, 1,349 live performances. Sad but true, 1,326 live performances. They play it just about as much as Sandman. They obviously really enjoy that tune. Holier than thou, 87. (laughs) Nice. The Unforgiven, 496. Wherever I May Roam, 797. Don't Tread on Me, 17. Through the Never, 233. Nothing Else Matters, 1227. Of Wolf and Man, 254. The God That Failed, 101. My Friend of Misery, 18 times. And finally, The Struggle Within, 17 times. And if you would like to know about the other performances, go back to our ranks starting at load and listen on. You'll be able to uh, check out what we're doing as we go through. I might have missed one or two there through the thing, but for the most part, that's all. And let's get back, Brando. Take the reins back away from moi. All right, so to start off on the second part, they really deviated for the first half of this and decided to inter- to do more with the symphony. So the first two tracks are symphony tracks. Like, these are the songs that the conductors wanted to do. The first one is all symphony. It's all right. It's cool. I gave it a seven. Uh, you guys can just shoot me a rank real quick if you have nothing to say about it. Just uh, I thought the Scythian Suite, uh, Opus 20, the second movement, because that's specifically what they played, uh, really isn't rankable because it's so unique to what it is. It's not something Metallica really okay. did anything for. You know, they're just sitting anyway. on the sidelines. <laughs> well, I I just put no rank, but it's badass and heavy as fuck. I mean, if it was ranked, I guess I would just give it like a solid like seven and a half. All right, because it is unique in its own way. Well, just if I don't put something there, it kind of messes up the algorithm. So noted. Like, so I gotta have something. How about you, Dick? You got something? Seven. Seven. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I listened to it once. Okay. Yeah. Seven. 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 So here's the thing. Back back in grade school, uh, we went and see, saw the symphony, and it was really cool. But the problem is, like, she played us, like, songs, 
that had symphony and like this is awesome then we went and they played the exact same set list that the, of the tape that she played us i was like really disappointed <laughs> i'm like i want to hear other songs so like hearing that kind of took me back to that i do like seeing symphony stuff symphony is sometimes heavy as shit so even without being metal i i think symphony was metal before metal so the next oh, yeah yeah yes the next Absolutely. song yeah the next song iron foundry they actually brought in metallica metallica kind of played the the accentuating role they 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 flipped the roles i loved that it's all right it doesn't really do a lot for me i'll be honest with you it's cool but it's not something that i'm gonna go back and listen to so i gave this one a seven as well nate would you give it I gave it an eight and a half, mainly because it is very unique with what mm-hmm. Metallica is doing. You nailed it. It, it, it. It's the role reversal that I enjoyed so much mm-hmm. because they are accentuating, and a Kirk's wow, 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 wow. Like he just keeps he keeps playing that like high popping note randomly. I can see it. him holding a cat and like yeah, like wow, pull, pull, wow, pulling wow. its tail. You know, oh man, it's but I, I really I really did enjoy their performance of the Iron Foundry. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. How about you, Dick? Four. No, I did not enjoy this at all. Oh uh, okay. it was it was very grating on me to listen to this. And I and I actually this is probably one of the most recent things I listened to on this because it was one of those songs that got skipped just randomly out of the blue. And I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't heard this yet. I'm gonna and and then I did not like it. Okay, so uh, was the cat analogy? Did that ring home for you? Yeah, yeah, and I like cats. All right. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Nick? I give it a six. Yeah. All right. It was the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, but it didn't also it didn't do much for me. It doesn't do much for me either, but I do like the idea since they're there and they're they're yeah. deciding. You know, instead of doing the exact same thing that they did before, they're taking another risk and uh, just playing around with the formula a little bit. Hey, let's have some fun. Let's do something that these guys want to do. You know, that they're here playing all our shit. So, you know, but the next song, The Unforgiven Three from Death Magnetic, without any other Metallica members, it's all symphony. And it's even the guitar solo. And it's just James on vocals, not holding a guitar. He's just up there doing vocals. And I got to say, I felt it in the theater. I, I I feel it every time this version of the song, every time I've heard it. James sings his heart out on this because to me, this, this from what I, just from reading the lyrics, knowing James' journey, this song has, like all the Unforgivens have a big part of his feelings just put into it. But this is his chance to play this song live in front of a lot of people and get it out there. And he really belts it, and I I feel the emotion coming from James in this, especially knowing that the him coming to terms with his own ailments from before death magnetic going into rehab, coming back out to to, to try, try and rebuild that, rebuild his life and his family, and to know that he went to rehab again right after S and M two, with us still not knowing one hundred percent. The ins and outs of why I'm I'm sure the band members know, but they're not really like going into detail. And from what I understand, it was James basically being very self conscious of I need to go and recenter myself, whether or not he was slipping off the wagon with substance or whether or not it was other things. 
because he's gone on to say that like he feels like we as a society not only are are we addicted to substance we're addicted to media we're addicted to news we're addicted to our cell phones we're addicted to social media it's like so a lot of that can just i'm not sure if if that's what it was a multiple of things but you know uh you, you could almost like knowing that he went to rehab right after this and he was looking forward to this point so much it might affect my score a little bit but I gave it a 10 because it's powerful as shit. I'm going to get it over on to Dick. This was absolutely wonderful to hear. Uh, The performance, just watching the performance was great. Um, It's very different from the album version. So it's just another one of those things where I have to rank it separately altogether. Um, I'm pretty sure I gave the album version a 10. Uh, I would have to give this one a 10 as well, just because it's, it's very stripped down. It's very, no, I mean, yeah. Okay. So I just, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's its own thing though. Uh, it's very stripped down. It's very, vul- you feel James's vulnerability. Uh, and just knowing how nervous he was going into doing this performance mm-hmm. and you can hear it in his voice. And this is the one time I won't dock that because he is putting himself way out there in this case. And uh, this version is just wonderful. What about you, Nick? What do you think? I do not have a whole lot to add. I don't think I, I wasn't a big fan of the original version anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have a whole lot to add. All right. Are you going to rank it about the same as you ranked the album version? Yep. Seven. Yeah. Going to seven that sucker up. How about you, Nate? So this is where we're going to have to have a chat, fellas, because this song deserves the 11 that i want to give it it really does it, i mean like you can't you can't convince me it deserves anything other than that mainly because what everything that brandon and both dick have said it's the vulnerability of james it's him knowing the journey he was on he knew what path he was taking getting through snm2 was like the fucking hitting the checkpoint where he could say now i can check out for a minute now i know I can get myself into rehab, get myself right, whatever that means. None of our business, obviously, but it's a very powerful moment. And it's just him unleashing. It's him really, proverbially speaking, he's slicing his wrists in front of the crowd and bleeding on them to show them how he feels and how real it is, you know? That's a very visceral description, Nate. I, well, it is, but it's very impactful because he, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I'm, but, well, I mean, okay, let me, the reason, I know, I get what you're saying. I'm not trying to detract from it. Sure. But, but like, you know, Nick over there, uh, there like has a gimmick where he brings out a super soaker full of r- like rum during rum gun salute. And he's, he squirts rum. So I could just see James slicing his wrist is like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. bleed. And everyone's like, yeah no it's it's but (laughs) but what i'm saying is is that you can't hear that song and think about yourself as a per just as a person Mm -hmm. not even necessarily if 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 you've been as in in such a dark path or places he's been but just as a person in our own travels you can't listen to that song and not connect on such a powerful way when you go into self-reflection i think that's why the song hits for me so hard and like i said i know we're going to stick a 10 here but it it, it is every bit of an 11 as it ever could be james taking like the ultimate risk as a as a vocalist that's a really hard to do (laughs) another risk was them putting a saint anger song on the set list but it's not just saint anger 
it's the reworked version that they've done for All Within My Hands for their acoustic sets. And they're doing an acoustic song with the symphony. And the acoustic version of All Within My Hands, while it's at its core still All Within My Hands, has a different flow, feel. It has snare. Uh, it's, it's, I really like it. I've fallen in love with this version. And when I first heard it, uh, listening to one of the acoustic things, I'm like, that's different. And that's really cool that they're bringing a song that you can tell at its, like, in the original version, it's long, it gets ugly at the end. Of course, the whole album is ugly. Uh, but they're, they're like, it shows you that even with some of their worst material, so to speak, there's some good ideas in there. And, and if they set back and work with them, they can turn it into something that's really cool. And that, and, yeah, so that I remember. So I I love this version of this song. It's 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 eerie, but it's also another deep song, and it's a cool experiment. So uh, I, I I gave this one a ten for me personally because it's really changed. Like I won't listen to the original version ever again. If I'm gonna listen to All Within My Hands, it's gonna be one of the acoustics or the S and M version because it's a really badass version. But I'll pass it over to Nick. You got anything on this one? Uh, nope, I sure don't. No. <laughs> I think I think I uh, I think I might have clocked out this latter end here uh, of the album, but uh, no, I don't think it's one that I particularly liked in the first place. So no, I, I'm pretty sure that you didn't. Uh, no, 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 you gave it a five. Is it better than a five? All right. Um, actually, yes, yes, it's a, it's a little bit better than the original. I'd say just a touch. Um, again, right? Yeah, the the symphony has a little bit to it, but not one that particularly. Uh, Tugs it, tugs at the heartstrings <laughs> I of my just, old art. <laughs> I just think it's really neat that instead of just them performing a say anger song straight out, they found a different way to do it and make it a little bit more palatable. Because that Saint anger in it, the album itself is so not palatable. It's just a fucking. It's just like on the horizon. It's a gas bubble. You're like, I'm not walking over there. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not getting near that. All right, so would you give it like a six or something? Uh, sure. Yeah, that's fine. That's All right. Fine. What about you, uh, Dick? We'll go to Dick next. Uh, I like it differently. Um, okay. I, I will say I like it a little better than the album version as well. Uh, I would have much rather heard Unnamed Feeling. Yeah, well, I mean, absolutely. Honest. Yeah, yeah. But with that being said, I don't, I don't got anything else. So I'll... What was my score? Uh, 6.5. Let's give it a, a, a 6, 7, 5. It's not six, much. Seven, five. How about you? <laughs> How about you, Nate? Uh, Brando, you and I share the sentiment of the brilliance of this song, Reworked. Okay. It is um, definitely a better song acoustically than it ever was on the album. Absolutely. And... and, and yeah, I don't. I don't see myself going back to listen to that version on Saint Anger. Uh, I, I will say though, I did give this quite a bit of a, a bump up because of how much I like the acoustic version. So I gave it a nine point seven five. Awesome, awesome. The next one, Anesthesia Pulling Teeth, that brought out one of the cellists from the symphony, and he played an electric stand-up cello, and did a bass solo complete with distortion and wah in the theaters. I popped so hard for this. And it was, I, I did. I was like, like Pee Wee Herman. 
I did. I, yeah, right. <laughs> they're, 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 Nate was sitting right next to me, and you know, and I mean, he looked at me and he said, "Oh, it was a spooky ghost because there was goo everywhere." Spooky. Here's the it thing. It was a spooky arrival. <laughs> so, um, speaking of ghosts, this is I'm not going to get off topic, but my 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 five year old says random ass shit, and I have a whole list of stuff that he says that's just random as shit. I keep track of it, and apparently he said. Do ghosts die if there's a tornado on Halloween? <laughs> He's really been stuck on tornadoes re- recently, and we don't know why. But anyway. It's a great science we, question. But he focused on the tornado. Someone's got to keep their eye on him. Glad someone is. <laughs> right now, that's him. But uh, no, I, I thought this was a great, awesome tribute to Cliff because – Cliff was really big into like orchestras. He was really big into Bach and a lot of different composers. And that's something that, you know, bringing him here and in, into anesthesia, uh, it's kind of bringing him into the, uh, into this realm saying, Hey, you know, he was a part of us and he would, he really, really dug this. And as I said, I popped hard for it. It's a 10 just simply because of the uniqueness and that dude killed it. Uh, and Lars jumping in with there, so yeah, I give it that. We're not. I don't think there's too much to say here. Uh, what about you, Nate? Brilliant interpretation. I thought that that cellist killed it. It was awesome. I popped as well. I mean, come on, can't believe they're out. <laughs> We're just in the theater popping, man. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. I, I that you see us sitting in the theater and and the popcorn is just flying through the air. <laughs> just... Man, I was freaking out. It was crazy, but I, I just because I loved it. It was so. Man, he's a cello player. <laughs> <laughs> the imagery is disgusting. <laughs> you see, like, the arm moving? You see the arm moving, and the the usher comes by with his little flashlight, and they sitting there with a butane, like, griller, and me with, Jif- with Jiffy Pop popcorn because we don't want to go out to buy more popcorn. <laughs> so we're popping. So, so... I can't score this higher than the original. So I gave it the same as I gave the original, which is 9.5. I know I didn't give it a perfect score, and that's maybe to my own detriment, but I digress. All right. Dick, what do you think? Uh, I thought it was, it was really good. Um, that dude killed it. Uh, just the fact alone that that dude was basically probably living a dream in, the, in that moment. Oh, not, yeah. not only playing like one of Cliff's masterpieces from the very first album metallica put out to jamming along with uh lars like that's gotta be so cool to experience um other than that like i don't i don't really have a connection to this song like you guys do uh again i'm not a big instrumentalist um the only connection i really have is just the nostalgia that one of my old bass players playing it playing it live before uh, in front of people and that's that's about it so I'll go ahead and give it an eight. What about you, Nick? I like it just about as much as I like the original, but I think I like the original a little bit more. All right. Um, we'll see what you did, what you gave the original. I'm going to scroll all the way back up. You gave it a 7.5. 7.25. 7.25. I see that. 7.25. Then they did Wherever I May Roam. That was on the original. Uh, I don't think I like it as much as the, as the original, but I might have ranked it the same. Uh, yeah, I gave it a nine. So, yeah, all right, cool. We'll start with Dick. You got anything for this one? Uh, I gave it a eight point five last time. I think it's gonna sit there 
it's just a cool jam. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like awesome. It. It's cool. I mean, you can't go wrong with that song. No, it's badass, and I mean, the last few songs here are all just revisits anyway. Yeah. Uh, but Nick, do you got anything else to add? Is it about the same for you? About the same, yep. All right, so you got uh, seven, uh, six, five. Six, five. The next one is one. No, no, wait, Nate. What'd you give it? Sorry. <laughs> I'm just looking Fuck to get done. Fuck me. Here. I guess I don't get to rank this song. You don't I'm get to rank really. it. We're moving on. You... Should have popped. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I'm the worst. Girl, popped up. You guys already popped your pop. Yep. Anyways, uh, same. 9.25. The next, uh, the next song is one, which uh, I gave a ten last time. We all did. I gave it a ten here again, but I also, I'm thinking maybe I should knock it down just a tad. I don't know why. I love the intro where Lars and the snare player for the symphony are trading shots back and forth, and they're doing like snare, snare machine gun bullets, yep. which apparently was not planned. They was supposed to be really? the snare guy doing it, and Lars because he was antsy. He he because I mean this was more of a live performance and show, which I mean anesthesia shows that right there. That was even though he was doing it and he was he, it was more of a jam feeling. Uh, Lars went up there and did that, and what they would do is that like Lars would hold his would hold his sticks, and the other guy would hit his sticks, and, they, and that would hit the snare, giving a different sound. Then then they would flop, and the other guy would hold the would. would would hold that so i gave it a 10 uh yeah it's cool uh we'll go down the line nate you got anything different 11 because it gets that extra one all right but 10 <laughs> dick uh so, so I, I was listening to this and i'm like man i know i know what this is i know what this is but i also wonder if like people that were there experiencing it were like what is going on I, I don't I don't know because as I'm listening to it I'm like I get what they're doing I get that they're they're definitely trying to emulate the the sounds of war uh, but I wonder if in that moment anybody knew what was going on but um, I don't think this one was as good as the first symphony mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm I mean it's still excellent because it's one mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna go ahead and give it a nine and a half nine and a half and you Nick. Does it get docked for you? Or? I could have as much as I like the original S and M. All right, I believe we gave that uh, pretty high across the board. Pretty high, yeah, we did. Unanimous. Not the original. It's still not as good as the original. Yeah, but Master of Puppets was next. It's great rendition. I mean, it's Master of Puppets. I ranked it high. Gave it a ten. How about you, Nick? Oh, he's taking a drink. I didn't like it. I, I mean. I don't think I like the. Uh, I definitely didn't like the S and M one, and this one was in the same ballpark. No, neither of them hit nearly as close to the original for me. So, yeah, the original the original recording of Master is probably my favorite. Like, I don't know whether my rank my rankings should probably reflect it, but original recording of Master is probably my favorite ever. Maybe next to Fade to Black, which apparently is not nearly as good as I thought it was because they made. Two- <laughs> fucking albums without thinking of covering it oh man that's great well yeah because you gave on the original album you gave it a you gave it a 10 and on s&m you gave it a nine you you so you docked it down just a tad yeah 
It's it's nowhere near. I, and I don't I I don't know. Uh, I think it's vocal performance. I think that's what I said the first time too. Is is the 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 album recording is so fucking awesome that he just doesn't hit it live nearly as well. How can you? You know, it was mm-hmm. it was so good the first time. All right, so you're just gonna give that one a nine as well? Sure. Yeah. All right. How about you, Dick? Um, I'm gonna dock it. I gave it a ten last time. Um, I think it gets docked because uh, and it suffers from track placement. It doesn't hit as hard where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the also- reason I'm sorry to interrupt, I th- but I think the reason why they moved it is because over the last ten years, this song used to be an earlier in this in the set song. But it's yeah. it's been more viewed as by the fans as a kind of a closer. A lot yeah. of times they close with it and they'll come back with the like with an encore or something like that. It, it definitely suffers from like placement, and it also mm-hmm. suffers from like you you don't have that element of surprise. Like last time they went right into it and it just fuck like whoa yeah. Um, just like the energy coming off of the previous song just amped it up so much more i do think the vocal performance on this version is way better um but other than that uh i'm gonna go ahead and give it a nine all right and nate i gave this song uh, a 9.75 i think it is a better symphony arrangement but i don't know that it is better than the first snm version which i thought was perfect and of course the near flawlessness that is on the actual album itself all right. No, uh, next is nothing else matters. It's a awesome freaking song. Great, but so it's like it's. I think I gave it a ten last time, so I gave it a ten here. I got nothing to add here. I don't know about you guys. You have anything to add? Broad stroke here. No. Okay. So, uh, did your ranks change for this? Mine. Oh. Okay. So I'm giving it a ten this time. Ten. All right. Uh, vocal performance is way better than the first. Okay. And the uh, the Nick, you gave this one a seven five last time. Is that still hold true to you? I like this one a little more. I think actually. Okay. So we'll do eight. We'll do eight for this one. All right. Awesome. And Nate, you gave this one a ten last time. Yes, sir. Okay. The last song, Sandman. It's Sandman. You can't like it's them cranking out some Sandman because it is what it is. Uh, my rank didn't change. It was a nine. Uh, if anything changed, speak up and we'll, and we'll change it. Nine. Nine. Nine for you. Uh, I thought that there was a different um, orchestral arrangement, and I liked it just a little bit better. <laughs> 9.50. I can't remember. Does he say fuck you in? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think he does. No. I'm, this time? Okay. He Let's is check. quit saying that. And uh, Nick, was your rank about the same as last yep. time as well? Yep. All right. 8.25 uh, was the last one. And that is that is S&M2 ranked. Uh, it closes out with Brando ranking this one a 9.4, which I believe is it edges out the original because I gave it a nine. And honestly, I, I think it's because of like songs like Day That Never Comes and Moth Into Flame and Unforgiven Three. Like there was more tens in there for me because of just how they hit. But Nate, uh, so I was a 9.41. Nate was a 9.42. Uh, Dick 8.33, Nick 7.6, 7.76 with a master rank of 8.7. Of course, this is not going into the overall ranks, but also, uh, unfortunately, due to time constraints, none of the song ranks on here were calculated into the 
uh, extras stuff that I did uh, for, the top, for the top ranks. And also, if there was a song on the top songs that would have made it onto the list but is a repeat, I didn't put it on there. So sure. uh, just be, you know, so like if there was one that if the SNM version from SNM one was higher than the original version, and so it made the list, I did that. And also, there's a couple of ties. There's a couple of ties in here, so technically, it's like top fifteen, kind of. But like, it's because I didn't want to sit there and like, well, which one comes first? Just because this one came first, or that one comes first, so they both get the same number rank. But that's what we're gonna do right now. We're gonna do. Uh, we'll go ahead and hit it with the top ten. Metallica covers. We're going. To, we're going to do the covers first. Nice. We're going to hit the covers, and coming Sign in up. at number ten with a score of seven. With the, how the, how this is done, guys. We all give the we all get the song ranks, right? You know, so like I gave it a ten. Nick gives it a seven. Dick gives it a four. Nate gives it an eleven. So like we end up <laughs> averaging out those scores, and this is what it is. We uh, the, the average song score. So coming in at number ten for the number top ten covers is die die my darling with nice. 7.75 number nine blitzkrieg 7.87 number eight remember tomorrow with a score of eight nice <laughs> coming in at number seven is a tie with Tuesday's Gone and Stone Cold Crazy both getting an 8.25. Okay. Number six, Whiskey in the Jarro. Hey. Whiskey in the Jar coming in at 8.43. I am sorry about that loud noise. I had to crack my window because it was too hot in here. It's okay. We don't judge you for the loudness. I have to sit right above my vent and even closed. Like, I'm over here sweating it up. Roasting. Yeah, I'm roasting and popping. Anyway, um, coming in <laughs> at number five, Merciful Fate at 8.5. Nice. Number four, When a Blind Man Cries. That was one of the more newer ones that they've done. Yeah. We all dug that. Hell oh, yeah. 8.68. Of course, that's awesome, Deep Purple cover. I, I love the fact that they covered Deep Purple. just that, and, and then it wasn't one of the songs that's like, and everybody learns a guitar first, right? Number three, the Ronnie Rising medley, 8.93. Wow, that's impressive. It was a banger. It is, man. It's badass. Note, please note that everybody is always like, man, yeah, yo, Dio's all right. And then when another band covers Dio, they're like, oh, that song's badass. You know? <laughs> holy Diver. Yeah, Holy yeah. Ex- in Line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, of course, all these Rambo tunes that they did for Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Rising Medley. Number two, Turn the Page is number nine. It got a score of nine. And then number one. Was Lover Man. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. So the number one ranked Metallica cover was Am I Evil 9.12. Badass. Is that a surprise? Is that a shocker? Not really. No. 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 I mean, dude, all their Diamond Head covers are badass anyway. (laughs) Like, like you can almost – the reason why Diamond Head has any money – uh, of, to know is because Metallica covered their shit. Um, and that's the reason why they've been able to kind of freeform and tour again a little bit is because more fans, metal fans, oh, Diamond Head, they're the MI Evil band. <laughs> or like, they're or like it's electric. Yeah, cool. So now, guys, we're going to do the bottom 10 Metallica songs. Woo! Metallica 
song ever, according to Worst us. of the worst. Bottom of the barrel. This one was actually kind of like interesting to go through. This one was the hardest one to, to compile because I noticed that we have a couple of like there we have a tier sort of for like our average ranks. And uh if if a song is like we didn't have too many like really low shit. It's even like some of the bottom stuff is like scraping the bottom of like what would be considered average or a kind of middle ground. But the number 10 for bottom 10 Metallica songs, two by four from Lowe. <laughs> I forgot about that song. <laughs> with six. It has a six. So think about that. It has a six. Six above five. It's that's right. not bad. Right. Above, man. Not bad. It's above no. Still not good. Number nine, Murder One from wow. from Hardwired. Yeah. 5.93. Again, that's like, see, that, that's where some of these were hard. Is like going through the whole list. Like, okay, so that one's there. I had to keep scrolling up and down the list. Okay, that one doesn't have any fives. So then <laughs> I had to go through. So I hope I did this absolutely accurately and went through. Number eight, The Struggle Within from the Black Album. Wait, no. Yeah. Yeah. No? Yeah. Love. Yeah. Okay. Because there's a couple of withins here <laughs> that on this list. Struggle Within, Black Album, 5.81. Number seven, Invisible Kid, Never Seen What I Did. Good. Got a 5.75. Number six. I don't even hate that song. I don't either. But, I mean, it, it is. I don't what, like it. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. It deserves to be on this list. <laughs> number, I don't like it. Number six. The Thorn Within, 5.62. That's from Load. That was one of those songs that, for me, I remember that one's just kind of a, okay, we're, we're just doing this Load stuff again here. We've already said that on the Load album, it seemed like there was a clear indicator. After Bleeding Me, it was like the rest of the album was like, well, we got some of these extra songs here. Uh, we got a couple of cool ones near the end there, but we got to put also some. Also got a bunch of filler here. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, the next one, number five, Sweet Amber from St. Anger, 5.5. I personally really like that song, but it, it got number five. But it is what it is. Number four is a tie. And it is what better. What color tie? Huh? What color tie? Flannel. Uh, well. Plaid. It's better than you think. Oh, <laughs> green and yellow. <laughs> so the first, yeah, no, coming in at number four uh, in a tie is better than you and bad seed. Bad seed. Coming in with a five point three one. Both are from Reload. I and yeah, see, even my own kids are upset. Like, oh my god, I really liked bad seed. <laughs> it's like, buddy, you're gonna have to learn. Because coming in at number three is Cure. Ooh, I think I gave the th uh, the Cure a three. Wait, wait, wait. Did I have a? Did I notice uh, my own mess up? Did I? Because I I have something else written down here that's not adding up for me. Cure. Let me I, live here on the show. I might have had a had a little flub up. Yeah, I did. 
I did have a flub up. My bad, oh, fellas. Prize for us. Oh. Well, so Cure is not number three. I am terribly sorry. Poor Twisted Me is at, is at number three. Okay. Okay. Because it got a five. I accept. I accept. So that's that's a my bad. What happened to the Cure, though? Where did it go? Coming in <laughs> at number two. <laughs> Is a, <laughs> is a tie. Ooh. Dirty Window and Cure 4.75. Wow. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> we had a song from Load score as bad as a song, any song, even on the low tier of Saint Anger. <clears throat> Coming in at number, they know what they did. Yeah, they 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 do know what they did. (laughs) They're very well aware. In fact, they tried to rectify it with 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 the uh, acoustic version of "All Within My Hands." If they were to go back personally and and acoustify that entire album, I would give it a listen because I think it probably would be better. I I would definitely revisit if 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 they revisited (laughs) Saint Angular. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, if they completely redid Saint Anger. I I'd, I'd give it a listen, like modernize it to their well, sound. It would it, it would definitely give them. They'd have the benefit of hindsight, so they would see what they did. Of yeah. course, they don't like going back and like re- no. revisiting stuff because even the I justice know. stuff, people are like, "Where's the base?" And just like the old <laughs> like the old lady on the Wendy's commercials. Where's the- um, where's that beef? And James, like, you know what? It deserves to be there, but if you do a new version where we remix it. It kind of just takes away from the historical aspect of that record. It's like, it's not that I don't agree with you. I just don't agree with you. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to erase that. All right. There's D- fans out here that say, we don't give a shit about the historical value. Yeah. Let's just fucking give it to us. I think I know the number one worst song. Has to be. Lover, man. Coming no. in at, no, well, no, because these are, uh, these are yeah, you're right, songs. You're right, you're right. Coming in at number one is Purify. Oh yeah. With, yeah, with a rank of two point five six, that was a, that was an average. That rank right. lower than we did it again. Yeah. Wow. Fucking wow, dude. So wow. It was heavy. I gave Purify a two. Nate gave Purify a two point seven five. Dick gave Purify a two. And Nick gave Purify a 3.5. So Nick rated the song higher wow. than everybody else. Take a drink. Wow, Nick. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we Am I so gracious? <laughs> <laughs> the hardest ranker. And I gave the worst song the best rating. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, You're like, this is really my one kindness. Awful. My one kindness is... Poetically justified. Well, to be ah. to be fair, I actually didn't rank. We did it again, as far as top songs. Um, so maybe this list should be amended. Uh, the reason why I didn't do it is because it was kind of a collaboration type deal. Sure, fair enough. I didn't uh, know if it was going to get the nod or not. Well, I realize I should have done it, and that now I'm trying to make excuses as to why I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> Because I don't want to change the rank. I don't want to. So, no, it was a collaboration. They got a 3.62. So, it, technically, okay. it would be a number two 
in which but if that was at number two, it would bump Cure up one Everything spot. Everything up, yeah. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to make Cure number three, even though I thought Cure was number three. I thought Cure was a number two. It is a number two. But Cure, originally, I, I had written down. See, what I did with the bottom songs, I, I started off with the bottom, and I did Purify, Dirty Window, Cure. And then I... When I got to five, I accidentally started like doing the higher tier ends of five. So the the list was reversed. <laughs> so I'm like, oh crap, I gotta move them back around. That that's why I got messed up. No when, don't worry. When, so when Nick gets back, we are going to do the top ten Metallica songs and reveal the overall album ranks from bottom to top. So while we're here real quick and we got a quick second, just fastly, I just want to say that Justice for All has my favorite album cover from the band. Okay. Justice for All. Uh, hmm. Man, I'm going to have to say it's probably going to be Master of Puppets for me. I think it's just, it, it, it's iconic. I, I the, the crosses, I, the reason why I like, it, it's got that, it, the, they put in multiple things. The, the crosses for disposable heroes, the puppet hands with the strings going to the crosses. So it's like, even though the, the song is about drug abuse, it's almost like, you know, someone else being in charge of you. So it's like this double motif. It's great, great, great imagery. Uh, how about you, Dick? Do you have a favorite? Uh, most iconic is definitely master of puppets master puppet. my favorite however i'm pretty split between hardwired and uh death magnetic interesting cool that's awesome and how about nick do you have a favorite uh probably masters followed right behind by ride the lightning lightning's another iconic one for sure so my my oldest loves the ride of lightning cover with that let with that lightning and electric chair and i cannot find kid wear metallica shirts with an electric <laughs> chair on it. I want to get him the Metallica shirt so bad. And all I could find is plain Jane, just the logo and stuff. It, like, So there's that. Just set up a Teespring, dog. Yeah, right. And, and there you just go. sell yourself your own fucking shirt <laughs> that you want. <laughs> sell Fuck yourself them. your own shirt. Anyway, now we're going to do the top 10 Metallica songs. Yo, yo. The tippity top. Top of the top of the top of the top. There is no song on this list that is below a nine. Badass. So coming in, coming in at number 10 is Creeping Death, 9.31. Coming in at number 9 is Nothing Else Matters from the Black Album, 9.43. Coming in at number 8 is a tie. With Call of Cthulhu, the S&M version, 9.5. And along with number 8, All Nightmare Long, 9.5. Wow. Magnetic. Wow. We have at number seven, The Unforgiven, 9.56 from Black Album. Number six, For Whom the Bell Tolls, SM1 edition, coming in at 9.62. Number five, Fade to Black. That wait, that was a tie. Oh man, I messed up again. Brando messed up again trying to put this list together. Brando! Slippin', you slipping, dog! You fucking slipping. Man, so actually, Fade to Black also got a 9.62. Son of a bitch. I am sick and tired of this podcast disrespecting Fade <laughs> to Black. Hey, Fade to Black, it's high, man. It's right there in the middle of the best songs of all time from Metallica. What, 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 what can I say? So it should be a six or five? Uh, Technically, that should be a, 
Dash should be at six, or they should be all bumped up one, and then we should have a number, a new number ten, I guess. Um, but according to this list, number four, Orion, nine point seven five. Number three, the day that never comes from Death Magnetic, nine point eight one. Number two, Master of Puppets, nine point nine three from Master of Puppets. And number one is a tie. Oh no. Oh, and it's a big tie, too, because it's any of our perfect songs. Yeah. The only two songs in our entire run of beginning <laughs> to end was one and No Leaf Clover. I knew it. Very interesting, too, that the two songs that we gave perfect scores could not be more different from each other. Right. No. If we had to pick right now, which one's better? If we had to well, break the tie, if we have to break the tie, how are we breaking the tie? I'll, I'll I know how it. to break the tie. I know how to break it. Yeah. It's easy. Look at SM performances. They both were performed on SM one and two. And honestly, one is better on SM one and two than with No Leaf Clover being better on one than it was in two. We all ranked it lower on two. I can agree which with says that. something about the song. So I think that one holds the test of time my own opinion i i actually that, that that holds up well because on snm one we gave both versions perfect scores and on uh on the s i mean on the snm two i do believe uh one was docked there as well but not as badly no not as badly it just got knocked down just a tad not to mention subjectively speaking one is more of a legacy song it is fact and their and their discography so it is so uh one the best Metallica song of all time. Follow it closely. Bell and by No Leaf Clover. Just closely. <laughs> I think it's really crazy that setting out and doing all this, um, the top song ends up being a song that I had never heard until this project. So that's cool to me. Hell yeah. What I will say is that what I like about giving both you, you know, having one and No Leaf Clover be so different from each other. One is really Metallica at their apex glory in the 80s of their thrash, heavy metal, play fast, ride fast, solo fast, everything. And No Leaf Clover is like that epitome of more moderate, you know, uh, making it a little bit more radio friendly, <laughs> taking a step back, more melody, and s- simplifying the formula. It's the Joe Biden of Metallica. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Just walk <laughs> off this motherfucker. Thank you for that nugget of gold, Nick. That was awesome. And yeah, that's now, all I got. <laughs> well, now I think we've reached we've reached the end here with the last thing to do before we ride off into the sunset. For now, like the four horsemen. Mm-hmm. The four horsemen. Mm-hmm. The Closing albums. Down. The albums ranked. Oh yeah. There's no way that I can mess this up, guys. So don't worry. Coming in with the lowest rank. <laughs> you ready for this one? I don't know. <laughs> Saint Anger, five. No. Yeah, right. I know. Such a surprise. No way. You know, my kid is so obsessed, so upset about this out there. He is like, I got my diaper changed, and it's worse than Saint Anger. No, 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 no. It's a uh, five point seven four for Saint Anger. Coming in right, next, yeah. Coming in next is 
Reload. That sounds about right. With 7.06. So there's a clear, like, there's almost like there's like a full point up plus a couple. Uh, not much, but just a little bit. Reload, 7.06. Coming in next on the rank is load, 7.07. Literally, load is a hundredth of a point higher than reload. <laughs> <laughs> an ass hair difference <laughs> it's an ass hair difference <laughs> what can I say um, yeah coming in next is kill them all Oof. with 7.57 after that is hardwired to self-destruct 7.80. Nice verbal ellipsis. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Nice. Did that for you, Nick. Uh, well done. Coming up next, Metallica, the Black Album, 7.98. Now we've reached it, fellas. The top four Metallica albums. The big four? The big totally. four. Number four, Death Magnetic, 8.25. I think that deserves an awesome salute to know that the band, 10 years ago now, you know, 12, made an album that we all thought is high enough to be in their top four. That's awesome. Fam, 13. 13. Like, We're in 2021 now. 13 years. Can you believe that? Stop. Stop it. Stop. I just think that's This awesome. is also the notebook, by the way. It never made an official appearance on the show, but this is my trusty That's what dusty. it looks like. Yeah, this is all my notes I imagine, like, are. a full, like, folder with, like, No, it's just a, a bunch of really sloppy fucking handwriting for me. Yeah, chicken scratches. So, there we are. Top three. Number three, and Justice for All, 8.31. Number two, Ride the Lightning, 8.42. And number one, the album that started this whole podcast series, Master of Puppets, 8.62. And there is all of your Metallica albums ranked. We did it. Wow, guys, we did it. We We ranked them all. We did. We, in fact, (laughs) ranked them all. There's no more Metallica to rank for now. Uh, But... Figure we will take this opportunity at the end of this episode to reveal what we are ranking next. Because we haven't officially said on the podcast what we're doing next. This project doesn't end with Metallica ranks. It's we're going to go further. We're going to go on to other bands and artists. We're going to have a great old time. There's a lot of stuff that we want to do collectively. But also, the four of us, we're kind of splitting up to do some other stuff. And it's going to be really cool. The fellowship is splitting. We are going to split, and we're going to do some other stuff. And I think it's going to be awesome because it's going to give different flavor and different uh, unique takes. Uh, so as, as we said before, Rank Em All is, is a collaborative podcast. It doesn't have to just be us four all the time. But we will probably reconvene at some point with some other cool major bands down the line. We don't know when that will be. But uh, Nick and Dick, you guys are going to be doing another band coming up very shortly. Do you want to tell our listeners about that? Take it away. Uh, Dick and I are going to be doing uh, Between the Barrett and Me next. 
Um, started off as more of a hardcore band, got into metalcore, got into prog rock, got into prog metal. Um, so that's going to, that, we're going to be all over the place with that one. I think they've got eight or nine albums. So um, we're going to have our plates full with that one. Yep. See, and that's really cool too, because uh, since they have so many different variations of the same band, kind of doing some different genre hopping, it's going to be interesting to see how you guys go from one album to another to say, I like this one more, or I like this genre more. You know what? I didn't think I even liked that genre, but they did it and it worked and I, and I'm digging it. You know, that's, what's really cool about music too, is that when a band does something like that, like uh, experiments with another genre, sometimes you can, that can light, light a spark into finding other bands in that genre that you never would have listened to, but you just needed that one band, that one little toe in the water to open up that floodgate. And uh, that's just the, the amazing gift of music. And uh, when we, we hope that you all are, are, are enjoying that gift of music with us as well. Nate and I, we are, we are veering off to another path in the fork in the road. And we are going further back just a little bit to another really iconic band in the history of rock and roll. One Nate. that has a lot of uh, a lot of licks in the history of their band, a lot of iterations, mm-hmm. a lot of music, a lot to discuss, a whole lot of loving with that amazing Van Halen goodness. I'm so stoked for. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I grew up on Van Halen, and uh, my dad. I, I've got some stories there about the early days of Van Halen. But the cool thing about Van Halen, and that really lends itself to the formula of what we're doing. There's like two different distinct eras of Van Halen. Of course, Van Halen, Van Hagar, Sammy Hagar being the front man. He has a little bit, he has a few more albums with the band. And so I haven't dived deep into any of those albums. I know a few songs from Hagar era, but it's like they're, even though they're the same band, they're technically, you could just, it's almost like Black Sabbath when Dio joined. It became a different band. And so it's going to be really interesting to go in through to see what era I really do like more because I do like Sammy as a front man. But do I like those songs more than I do like the Roth era? That's going to be interesting to find out. And we are going to be bringing that to you coming down the line. We hope that you'll join us for Between the Buried and Me and Van Halen. And then, of course, all the other stuff we've got coming at you throughout the year here on Rank Em All. And but. make sure that you don't forget to go back. And if you're just finding Rank Em All, mm-hmm. Metallica, you're a big Metallica fan. We kind of just spoiled all the shit. But we said a lot about all these songs and a lot of conversations and shit. Go back to Kill Em All. Start at the beginning. Find yourself back here at the end. It'll be a beautiful journey for you that I'm sure you folks can not only listen to, but you can watch. I love the future. I know. You know what? It's, it's, <laughs> it's been such a great time to sit down with you guys and just dive deep into some of this awesome metallic stuff, have some great conversations. And what was really cool was just getting, again, to share the love of music with you guys because Metallica is one of my favorite bands of all time. But to sit there and dissect it, sometimes you find stuff you liked or you don't like. And to be able to sit down with uh, Dick and Nick, who there's some stuff they've never heard before, but now they can say they've at least heard it. And there's a few nuggets in there that they discovered that, hey, you know what? I didn't know this was here, but now I'm glad I knew. Yeah, dude. Like, originally, when my initial thought was, I want to go back and listen to Master of Puppets. My taste in music has changed in the last 15 years. Maybe maybe my thoughts on that have changed and to not only see master of puppets become the top album of this whole thing, but to also know that there are so many songs 
throughout that I've now added to my, like my favorites playlist of Metallica. Uh, like I, I find myself constantly wanting, like when we, after we got past these songs, uh, and started going into like uh, garage and all everything after that, I constantly found myself wanting to go back to the nuggets that were on load and reload. Mm-hmm. Like I love bleeding me. I love outlaw torn and, uh, until it sleeps. Like I continuously want to listen to those songs. So I found I found a new part of Metallica that I love. Hell yeah. And that's awesome because that's something that like, you know, growing up, my buddy Jason, he found that load era and that became his favorite era. You know, you know, we we, yeah. we had the black album and at that point we had like the eighties stuff, which is awesome. We still blared it. We still jammed to it and headbanged. I really never want to listen to the black album ever again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's a that's a lie, but uh some of those songs were my favorites, and now they're not even close to my favorite. It, well, and that's the that's the awesome uh, gift that we have with music and 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 stuff like this. And we hope that you'll like, join us and you'll listen along yeah. with all this great other uh, bands and and, and and discographies and albums that we're gonna do. Listen along with us. Give us your ranks. We want to hear what you guys will think. Stuff ranks. You know, comment down below or hit us up on social media. We're there. You can check us out at Rank Em All. Dot rocks. You can also download the podcast and podcast services all around the globe. And we're on YouTube as well with a great video version. And we're going to be on social medias as well. Hit us up on all that stuff. Um, does anybody have anything to say in closing before we head on out of here? I just want to thank you three dudes for doing this. This has been a really fucking awesome experience. I know we trekked over many, 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 many months to get here and, are totally honestly probably all slightly different people than when we started this to be here right now with you dudes is is a really cool accomplishment uh that no one can take away from us man we literally have went through the trenches with this band and i can't wait to see what the between the buried and me stuff looks like i can't wait to see how the van halen stuff turns out projects in the future i know that uh, you know, Dick and I have some plans with some artists that we I've want to personally get into. I'm I'm going to take a break for a while after Between the Buried and Me, but I've got like three or four bands that I'm wanting to do. Oh yeah, same. So, and I know that, and I know that that holds true for all of us. So, I'm just again grateful to be a part of this with you dudes, and thanks to everybody who checked it out and listened, and uh, keep watching, see where we go from here. All right. Well, if nobody has anything else to add, this is your opportunity to stand up, speak up. Going once, going twice, and uh, uh, Nick, no, no, no. Nick said his piece on the last episode, man. He definitely did. No, like, no. I share all innate sentiments as well. Thank you, thank you all, all three of you guys for sitting down and, and joining me on this ride. It's been a great, great ride uh, to get this, and and now to be able to finally be done with it and say that we did this journey. But and to start releasing these some bitches. Yeah, yeah. To get them all out there, we're gonna be released. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, by this time, you're like, well, they've been really, yeah, I know. But until next time, guys, until the next time you hear us in whatever fashion you hear us, whatever band we're doing next, we invite you to come and listen along with us for Nate Phillips, for Dick Tyner, for, for Nick Maxson. I've been Brando and on to the dead of night. We, the four horsemen ride. So choose your ranking. Bye for now.